Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another BP Movie Journal, the show we do where we talk about the stuff we've seen since the last time we did one of these. I'm David. I'm Tyler. And uh, once again, despite being unable to leave our homes, you and I have a paucity of films to discuss. We are very, I, we're both very busy with work. Yeah. I'm also watching a lot of television with my wife. And so Patreon listeners will get my thoughts on all kinds of television shows on the next, uh, uh, or in a couple of weeks on the Patreon. Yeah. I've been, I've been watching a lot, uh, as well and a lot of TV, um, but uh, and then I've been rewatching a fair amount uh, of movies. I definitely, I wouldn't say I had like any kind of breakdown or anything like that. But uh, I've been so focused on like looking at this time as like a time when I can I can uh, get things done that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Yeah, no. No, I have not been doing that. Well, here's the thing. Well, I have been. I've been watching TV shows I've been meaning to watch. Right. That's what I've been doing. But no, yeah, my my like uh, back burner projects of like organizing my closet and organizing yeah. the Tupperware cabinet and all that stuff, like we haven't gotten yeah. to that. And yeah, like the world's I, too scary. The world is too scary to be focused on that. I would rather just seek solace in the uh, final episodes of Modern Family. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I will say that for 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 myself, like I've really, I'm really trying to embrace the idea of just like resting uh, as much as I can, and and sometimes resting means watching uh aliens uh a movie i've seen a billion times this is not one of mine i'm just giving an example um and uh but also the other thing is that like don't get me wrong this is a good thing i've been doing a, i've been doing a lot of interviews for my uh documentary oh yeah that's great and which is great that's fantastic. uh but it's it's just more time it's more time spent in front of my computer looking at a two dimensional image. Uh, and so, and it's, and it's fun. And, uh, you know what, here's what I'll say. Uh, a little behind the curtain here. Uh, David and I were talking about how we both have dumb things for the top of the actual episode. I'll say my dumb thing now, cause it plays into what I was talking about, oh, okay. which is, uh, you know, doing reading reviews of, the documentary, which have all been very kind, which I appreciate. Uh, but then also seeing how the, <laughs> how the company is promoting the, the documentary is also interesting. And, uh, so like they asked me to record some just like little 15 second ads with my face, uh, on it, uh, for, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. And, I saw it pop up on Facebook and it's fine, but they gave like a paragraph and it starts with uh, meet Tyler Smith who blah, blah, blah. And I can't not think of it like a nineties family film ad, like meet Tyler Smith. He's yeah. made a film about <laughs> Christian movies. Like it just, but then, so there's that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wow, this premise is uh, not super inspired, but um <laughs> And then uh, the other one, uh, somebody wrote, uh, a, a, again, a very nice uh, review. Um, but what's funny is he, he kicks it off with, you know, to people uh, uh, 
to people who are into film, you know, Tyler Smith's name is, is, uh, should be very familiar to them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I appreciate that, but, uh, no, that is not, it should not be. No, I'm going wrong. Pardon me. It should be. It just isn't. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, yeah. but I appreciate him, uh, uh, playing into the, the, the press release that we sent out. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten like um, a couple of times in recent weeks uh, with movies that are being released digitally now where I've been emailing saying, hey, can we get can I get a screening link so I can review this? Yeah. Um, people like publicists whose mailing list I've been on for years and I say, hey, can I get a screening link? And they reply, like, so yeah. people, yeah, people don't know who we are. Yeah. Apparently. You know, we have our fans and we have our, uh, our listeners and we have our patrons and we appreciate all of them. Uh, and thanks for, uh, you know, sticking with us and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in the same way that like, and I don't know about you, but like if I'm applying for a job, you know, so essentially you're selling yourself, I'm, I'm very bad at it. Like, especially if I'm writing a cover letter or something like that, I'm just, it's so, it's so terrible. I conversation wise. Sure. I can do that. But when you have to like write everything down and really like puff yourself up, I, I feel guilty about it and I feel like I'm lying. And so to see what the promotional materials have been, which of course have to play up me and my expertise and all of that. And I was like, Oh boy, I just, this feels so very wrong. Uh, the, the Midwestern, uh, the Midwesterner in me, it's like, no, no, don't talk about yourself. If anything, maybe put yourself down. Um, uh, that, uh, that definitely is kicking in, but, uh, it's been a very, uh, very surreal experience in some ways, but still a lot of fun. Well, uh, you know, what else is a lot of fun is watching movies. So we're going to talk about so movies that we watched, uh, just a few. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start with, uh, I, I hinted at, uh, movies that are, despite the fact that all the theaters are closed and no movies are coming out in theaters, there are still are some, uh, independent movies that are getting, um, VOD, you know, streaming, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, releases, debuts. Um, and I mean, the, that leads to another topic that could be, that this should have been what we saved for the top of the, the, mm-hmm. the main episode this week is, um, because the Golden Globes have already taken this route. Are the Oscars going to, for this year, relax their rules about theatrical distribution in order to qualify? um, uh, You have to wonder. Um, But a lot of stuff is is hopefully still going to be coming out later in the year. But anyway, uh, I started with uh, a movie that was on my sort of, uh, I remember from, from going to TIFF last year, back when I used to be able to leave the house, much less the country. Um, uh, on my sort of long list of, of to see things when I didn't get to was, uh, Justin Curzel's true history of the Kelly gang. Okay. Which is, um, based on, it's based on the actual, uh, Australian historical figure, Ned Kelly. Um, (laughs) but it's specifically based on a novel, a novelization of, of his life. Um, in this case, uh, George McKay of, uh, 1917 plays, um, uh, plays Ned Kelly, which I thought was odd until I looked it up and realized that, um, George McKay, despite being born and raised in England, mm-hmm. was born to one Australian parent oh. and 
um, one Irish parent, and Ned Kelly's parents were Irish. The oh, action that carries. So I, he's kind of uh, perfectly suited for it yeah. um, in a way. Um, you've also got uh, you've got a bunch of uh, of people. Um, the uh, is it Essie Davis from the Babadook? Um, Is that her name? She plays uh, his mother um, in the, in the opening, in the long opening sequence when it's a boy before it's George McKay, she's his mother. And then she's his mother Mm -hmm. in later part two, but with some makeup on, you know, Um, you've got uh, in that early, that early sequence has a little bit more star power. Uh, You've got um, uh, Russell Crowe as the uh, Bush Ranger, meaning, uh, outlaw essentially yeah. uh who took young ned under his wings and taught him the murdering highway robbery type of ways and then you've got uh charlie hunnam as the uh, uh abusive uh english uh, constable um who hmm. who uh terrorizes the kelly family and uh, i'll say that before i get into the rest of the movie i, I wanted to point out that charlie hunnam is an interesting actor to me because i think i first became aware of him with Nicholas Nickleby, I think, like you, probably. Well, uh, uh, Queer as Folk. He was uh, on the original Queer as Folk. That's right. You I did I watch together. That. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so I liked him at first, and then I never... I only watched the first season of Sons of Anarchy, and I didn't think he was that great there, but I don't think that shows that great. Right. And having seen... Um, in in just the past few weeks alone, seeing Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, which is a dumb movie that he's in. I mean, he's fine in it, but it's a dumb movie. But then seeing this, which I'll go ahead and say is actually a really great movie. Hmm. I found that Charlie Hunnam is an actor that like when he's slipped into the right sort of groove in the movie, I really, really like his presence. You know, I don't know that he's, I think we tend to be very, I don't say, I don't mean like you and I, I think generally people who talk about acting tend to be a little rooted in these sort of academic ideas of like, well, how big is their range? How much can they become different characters? And there's, but there is a certain, when it comes to movies, especially, I mean, I'm sure it's true in the stage in a different way, but uh, there, there are certain qualities that are more ineffable and less and, and less academic that, that may, maybe not be quote unquote good acting, but are good, great performances. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I think, I, I think Charlie Hunnam has a, a real magnetism when he's in the right role and he has a real physicality. And a part of that is just that I say physicality. He is also an, a very good looking man. Yeah. Um, and, and which I uh, wonder is part of, if maybe that's part of the problem, there is that tendency. And we've seen this with people like Eric Bana, um, good looking in good shape, but for all, for all intents and purposes, the way they look dictates that they should be, a lead, a bland, uh, (laughs) uninspired lead. But then, you know, when they play not necessarily a supporting role, but a, a more character type, uh, role, suddenly they, they, they bloom and you're just like, what is going on here? You know? Yeah. Um, and it sounds like playing here, the heavy, I feel like it would be, uh, yeah, at least for the, yeah, for the, I guess I'll call it the first act, the, 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 Ned's boyhood section. He is the villain of that section Mm -hmm. of the, of, of the movie. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic. He he uses his sort of like his good looks and his sort of cocksure nature to, uh, uh, yeah. Terrorize the, the Kelly family. There's also a certain, I think one of the things that 
distracted me about Charlie Hunnam on Sons of Anarchy was that I often got the impression that he wished he weren't there. <laughs> like he seemed to be thinking about other things. And in this case, playing an English constable in a countryside that hates him. Yeah. That quality of, of being sort of like preoccupied or being only partly present in any moment yeah. is actually, I think helps the character quite a bit Yeah, um, on, on sons of anarchy. I feel like the character is meant to be like smoldering, but in the end, I think he winds up just looking petulant or, or <laughs> bored. Yeah. Or bored. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that, yeah, this, that's all, that's all great. Uh, Russell Crowe is still great. It's weird. Like, uh, I don't know, like Russell Crowe, they're never what he, he, I feel like his, pro- his progression has been so, uh, gradual that I forget, like he's like an old man now mm-hmm. and he was, you know, uh, gladiator like he was like this handsome <laughs> you know like this this uh, uh, sex symbol type and now he yeah. plays like he's always got a bunch of extra weight and some gray mm-hmm. in his beard here he's got like a full gray beard you know he's just like an old man and I, I don't know exactly when it happened it just seemed to happen very gradually but he's another actor I really like um, but then okay so that's the the opening section then we get into the bulk of the movie takes place um uh about 10 years later when when george mckay is playing uh ned, ned kelly uh because ned kelly was only 25 when he died so he's playing mm-hmm. uh ned kelly at his uh, uh peak i guess and charlie hunnam's character the uh uh again the asshole english constable is replaced by a new asshole english constable played by nicholas holt who's also fantastic so you've got he's, a great cast that's here. another the, uh, he's a great example of what of what we're talking about like in certain roles it's like yeah he he's kind of a good-looking guy and all that uh but and he's not that interesting you throw him in something like mad max or the favorite and you're just like what is where did this guy come from and again yeah these are guys who's who's like superficial appearance would lead you to believe they should yeah. be leads and shine better when they're playing villains yeah. um uh yeah i don't love nicholas holt as beast or a young beast yeah um in the one i only saw the first first class but um i like him when he's uh, uh a sniveling jerk yeah um uh and here he plays the character who at first seems to be the, like all the constables Ned's known his whole life have been, uh, uh, monsters and Nicholas Holt is a first, a friend to him. And then we realize, Oh, he's a piece of, she's a manipulative piece of shit too. Yeah. Um, and sort of is part of what spurs Ned Kelly to turn to his life of, of, of crime. And, uh, so I've put a lot of this, uh, I've, I've given a lot of, I've set the table a lot of bit, uh, a lot of this, um, Anyway, uh, still not used to talking with headphones in, by the no, way. No, I know, I know like, normally, normal podcasts use cans or whatever, and we don't, and uh, I'm not accustomed to it. So, yeah. anyway, um, but uh, True History of the Kelly Gang is a Western, like most stories about uh, Ned Kelly are, mm-hmm. and like most American Westerns, which are, in a sense, movies about America. I feel like this is very much a movie about Australia. Yeah. Um, that is kind of, uh, proud of Australia in a lot of ways and it's, and it's, in its rugged ways, but not in the sort of like, uh, 
swaggering, uh, superficial crocodile Dundee <laughs> type of way. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's also, um, uh, a, a movie that kind of, uh, condemns the fact that, uh, Australia is a place like America, um, that is born out of, uh, violence mm-hmm. and, uh, that's still a part of its, of its character. Um, to this day and uh it definitely i think falls into the category of revisionist type westerns it's also very uh i think very consciously not giving the audience what they want type of western like the because i looked up ned kelly's life to figure out how long he actually was active the like two years of his life where he actually was like an active folk hero bush ranger are like a montage most of the movie is the set up of him suffering and then the sort of um um build up to the final uh i don't know what you want to call it the his last stand where ned kelly died but so the the entire two years of his life that makes up what ned kelly actually is is given intentionally very short trip in this movie it's not what oh, movie's I, about i tend to uh, like that all. sort of thing yeah uh yeah I, I liked it i liked that a lot um yeah i'll have more to say i'll be posting for you in a couple weeks a few weeks when it when it when it comes out but uh i i had not liked i didn't see assassin's creed or the snowtown murders or snowtown i guess was the australian title but it was released in the u.s as the snowtown murders um uh, but I did not like Justin Kurzel's Macbeth and I very much like true history of the Kelly game because I think that it's sort of like pessimism is uh, more personal and well-earned. This mm-hmm. does feel like a very personal film. It feels like, it feels like an, uh, I don't know, an Australian making a movie about uh, his, his homeland. Uh, it also, I'll leave you on this. I will admit ignorance until I watched true history of Ned Kelly, I did not realize that there are places in Australia where it snows because a lot of, a lot of this movie takes place in the snow. And I was like, was so taken aback. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, I thought this was uh, just an arid desert. The entire, like the whole thing and an opera (laughs) house occasionally. uh, uh, Apparently in, in in Victoria, it snows uh, regularly. So um, that's true history of the Kelly gang. Uh, It's coming out. I think uh, the last week of April, it'll be available um on i think on video on demand so definitely check it out because i really liked it it sounds good um all right so here uh here's a film that is not new it's been around for a while um and i was really excited to watch it and sure enough once i started it uh i just adored it and that is oh hang on that is akira kurosawa's high and low um have you ever seen that one i haven't seen that one yeah um you know the only up to this point the only uh, kurosawa films that i had seen are you know his kind of his samurai movies um which is certainly what he's uh most known for uh and that's one of the things that got my attention about high and low is it's it's a modern day story uh tashiro mufuni plays the the lead character and you know, he has a very, we, I associate him with a very specific style of acting, um, which is very big, very theatrical. And I was curious, like, okay, well, is that going to translate? Like, is he going to give that type of performance uh, as the character is sitting in a skyscraper in a suit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, 
Hang on. I, I want to, I, I, I don't have the information in front of me. I want to make sure that I've got uh, some, okay. some character names, right? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, yeah. And it definitely, it keeps the, uh, it keeps the, the uh, Kurosawa sort of theme going of being very interested in sort of, uh, Western, uh, like not Western, like a, like the genre, but Western yeah, sensibilities. Yeah. Like this is a story that could absolutely, uh, take place elsewhere. It's based on a book by, uh, what's the name? Uh, Evan Hunter. <laughs> it's like, Oh, all right. Well, that's, okay. you know, that's uh, not a Japanese name. It is not, it's not the most Japanese name I've ever heard admittedly. Um, and, uh, Boy, like, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. But when I think of Kurosawa, I think of a, a tremendously patient director, a guy who, whether he's doing action or a dialogue scene, will just let the natural, just the natural, hum, natural human rhythms um, dictate the pace of the scene. Um, and that definitely applies here. And this is a film that is suspenseful in its own way, um, but is primarily a drama. And it just lets the, the implications of what is going on, it, it really lets them settle in without pushing too hard uh, so that you really understand what's going on. Um, I don't think of this as the type of movie, I guess it is this a little bit, but I don't think of it as the type of movie where you have characters, even as they're trying to make a very important decision. I don't see, you know, this isn't a, a film that like just zooms in real close to their face and you can, and the, and the sweat is streaming down. Like it's, it lets the, it trusts the actors and the situation and the viewers understanding of the situation. It lets that dictate the suspense and the tension and the drama and it's and I like the way each new plot point unfolds. And I, 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 based on what I knew about it, I, I assumed I would like it. But I also went in, not necessarily cautious, but I went in sort of as a way of saying, like, all right, let's see how this goes. Let's see how Kurosawa uh, handles a very different type of film. And being the auteur that he is, he handles it in much the same way uh, as he does uh, the films that we tend to associate with him more. But at the same time, he also adapts that style. And you come to realize that his style is pretty malleable to, to different types of stories, different types of eras and different tones. Um, it still feels very much like a Kurosawa film, even though when we, th when we think of, of Kurosawa, we certainly, this is not, what we think of and it's not mm -hmm. what we picture. Uh, but it, it definitely fits with, with his filmography and I loved it. I think you would love it. I think okay. I, I honestly think anybody would love it if they just, it's, you know, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, so obviously it it takes a little while to get going, but to me, I'm, I'm just as interested in the setup as I am the various payoffs. Um, which I think is also actually for me, a hallmark of Kurosawa is that he just makes everything interesting partially based on helping us to really understand not helping us too much because there's a lot of trust there but helping us to understand what these characters are feeling and why and getting us there i think he's i consider him a very empathetic director 
but uh, anyway, so yeah, high and low, 1963. I cannot recommend it highly enough. All right, um, then we'll end with a movie that I also think you really like. Uh, that's coming out on on um, on on demand or or whatever uh, sometime in May. Now, if you remember Tyler, going all the way back to early 2017 uh, when we did our through the cracks 2016 list okay. uh, i believe if i remember correctly i included andrew on's spa night uh, his feature debut spa night um and so i was excited to see his follow-up uh here uh, a few years later uh it's called driveways and it's um it's a, a, by weird coincidence i had literally just been thinking to myself the other day what happened to hong chow like Hong Chao was in, in her advice and then she was in downsizing. Yeah. Was very good in both movies, but obviously downsizing uh, people had <laughs> conflicting views about it to put it, uh, mm. uh, to put it lightly. I didn't care much for it, but I remember I like, I really liked Hong Chao and I thought that's like, I was like, uh, she's on the verge of something. And then, um, I didn't see her much. Turns out she's done plenty of uh, prestige TV uh, yeah. during this time, uh, which I didn't realize. But um, so I'd just been thinking, what happened to Hong Chao? And then I get this uh, uh, email about the uh, Andron's follow-up driveways. Uh, it takes place. I, I don't. It takes place somewhere in the Midwest. I don't think it ever specifies um, in which Hong Chao and her character's son, who's um, about eight or nine years old um, temporarily relocate to this small town because Hong Chao's estranged older sister has passed away and they have to clean up this house. So they're staying at the house with this woman was very sick and she was a hoarder and they didn't know her very well. So they're going through all of her, all of her stuff. And the main character really is the, the son, the little boy who uh, in a potentially like sort of cloying uh, um, cliche way, makes friends with the um older uh uh retired veteran who lives next door played by brian mm. dennehy um yeah that's dangerous uh but it, N- did you hear i said i said brian dennehy yeah uh, which yeah. is always always good and um but the 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 movie much like spawn idol but that you know that uh had some really sort of uh some stuff that was rolling under the surface about the characters uh disappoint being a disappointment to his parents and his uh not in, in his conf- uh, being conflicted about being gay and stuff there's nothing as sort of overtly uh 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 dramatic as that going on but this is a movie about a kid who has trouble fitting in and finds a friend um and uh uh it, it's the movie is so unpretentious so simple so willing to talk about grand things and you know like uh there's a brian denny's sort of best friend is another uh veteran from the vfw hall played by jerry adler an actor i really like oh yeah yeah um yeah and he's sort of um i think going a little senile. So there's some talks, there's some big ideas about, you know, mortality and, and memory, but there's also little ideas about like, uh, 
you know, little kid type stuff about like birthday parties and farting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's all sort of treated with a, a great deal of compassion and, um, and, and sympathy. And it's, a uh, the movie's a scant, like 84 minutes mm-hmm. long and, um, is, uh, is just really terrific. I, I really think that Angeron is a fantastic, um, humanist and, and dramatist and, uh, his cinematographer, same cinematographer as, uh, Keith, uh, Kim, Kim Ki Jin is the person's name. Uh, same person who shot spa night has a really, really great, again, unobtrusive, but, uh, uh, um, subtle and telling eye for, uh, for framing people, um, in their surroundings in a way that tends to, uh, um, suggest what they are understanding or not understanding about what's coming for them in, hmm. in the future. You know, there's a, there's a great shot of Hung Chow, uh, waiting as the, she's hired a company, you know, you see this when people have, are, uh, demoing or reconstructing houses where there's just like a, one of those huge, like truck sized dumpsters just parked yeah. outside. Cause they're throwing everything away. So she's hired a company to come drop off one of these dumpsters. And there's this great shot of her standing in the front yard as the dumpster, which is being loading up, loaded off the trunk is sort of slowly crawling into the frame from the left hmm. coming. It's like this massive slow moving thing coming for her. And she's just standing there. It's a, it's a, a beautiful shot. And there's all kinds hmm. of little, little visual moments like that in the movie. And also, um, uh you know brian dennehy is in his 90s what yeah he's like 90 i mean i guess like i I can imagine that but at the same time like that's because i mean think about like he was old in rambo right i know i i think of him as being like maybe in his 50s but i guess that was okay but that was 40 years ago yeah Yeah. um let me me make sure i'm right about this uh about his his age he's born in 38 Um, I'm not so good he's, at math. Oh, he's 81, not 91. 81. 81. Okay. See, I'm not good at math either. That that um that tracks a little bit more. But yeah. But he still uh, is like uh very um uh I hope I'm that Okay, Jerry Adler is the one who's 90. Okay, yeah. That 91. I can see. Yeah. But still they're both very uh I don't know. They, they still they, they 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 move and walk around better than a lot of 90 year olds that I know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I imagine you know. As I was as I was reading the description okay, wait, of the film, hold on. I, I remember why I was thinking Brian Dennehy was ninety. So I have okay. to I have okay. to correct myself. Is because I think his character is supposed to be like ninety. Oh sure, because he's a Korean War vet. Which oh um, yeah, that makes sense. Like Brian Dennehy, in real life, would have only been like twelve years old. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I think a real Korean war vet would be more like Jerry Adler's age. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I thought he was 90, but Jerry Adler is okay. Sorry. Go now ahead. offhand, you know, looking at this description and just the, the type of character that Dennehy is playing here, how, how would you describe him? Uh, I know what you want me to say, <laughs> which is crusty, but benign. Of course. He's not even that crusty. He's really kind of a sweetheart. Okay. He's a okay. little grizzled. Sure. A little grizzled, <laughs> but, uh, he's mostly kind of a sweetheart. There's a very cute shot of him showing up to the little boy's birthday party at a roller rink. And it's just like, it's just Brian Dennehy, like walking past like arcade games and stuff. And it's like, it's just really cute. That's, that sounds good. <laughs> he's like holding a little nice. present in his hand. 
That sounds nice.